All right, we're live, man. We're rolling, baby. We are rolling. Riz Nation. We, we got a special guest, but I'm going to read it off his Twitter handle. His name is <laughs> Dallas Hammer. He's a former Emmy award-winning sports journalist for KHQ, SWX, and KXLY slash 700 ESPN. He is a Blink-182 fan for lifer. Uh, and then he also runs a podcast over there in Idaho for their sports program. Um, and it's called Tubs at the Clubs. Dallas, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for the uh, the kind introduction, Angel. Very excited to sit here with you and Adam. You guys are catching me on a great day for anybody that uh, that isn't super into pop punk. Blink 182's original lineup reunited today, so you guys caught me like on one of the best days of my life. So, oh my gosh, I know. bet, I it's bet, gonna be awesome Friday, man. Friday <sighs> can't come soon enough, man. Can't and then, and then Saturday enough. when Idaho upsets the Grizz in Missoula, like man, gonna be a great weekend. This is the type of podcast we're going to have today. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. We're getting after it today, man. Let's do it, man. So, Dallas, uh, how how long have you been affiliated with the university? Uh, So, I went to Idaho from uh, 2009 to 2013. Uh, And then uh, I immediately graduated there, started working here in Spokane, Washington uh, for a couple of those TV stations you mentioned. So, it kind of always covered the team, uh, did that for three or four years, and then... Mm -hmm. uh, kind of left the media, decided it really wasn't for me. The pay was pretty atrocious. Uh, and podcasting was a lot more fun. So when Tubbs at the Club kind of started, I got kind of into that over the last few years. And and here we are. So I like to think maybe I'm not on the pulse of Idaho football, but I know just enough to be dangerous when I'm talking about it. There you <laughs> go, man. There That's you go. Good, man. That's good shit right there. Well, like I said, man, I mean, we are playing you guys this weekend. I think we, what, what time's kickoff? One o'clock? One o'clock mountain time? We have one mountain, 12 Pacific. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I guess, you know, just kind of your initial thoughts of, of previewing your team right here. How are you feeling about it? Don't be afraid to be honest and say that you're a little scared. That's okay. But just, you know, how are you, what are you, what are, what's going through your mind? I, as much as you guys would probably love for me to say that, and I would have said that any other year you guys would uh-huh. have had me on, this is the first year that I think, hey, Idaho's got a puncher's chance in this. Uh, yeah. honestly, most of the same talent from last year, uh, Giovanni McCoy uh, has been a revelation at the quarterback position, played a handful of games last year. Didn't look particularly good, but nobody really did. Uh, mm-hmm. coach Eck has, has really turned this offense around into something that consistently scores points. Doesn't turn the ball over much. Uh, the defense plays a whole lot harder. There's no more eight yard cushion of death. Just giving guys free five yards, six yards, eight yards. Idaho, it's a completely different team. Same players for the most part, but completely different team. This is this is going to be the first fun Grizz game for me in a while. The Little Brown Stein has a chance. I, and I know I'm on a Montana podcast. There <laughs> is a small chance Idaho gets it back, and there, that has not existed since Idaho dropped down. So well, I'm in pretty good spirits. Yeah, well, and, and the Hammer, like Angel and I were talking about like when we last saw a Idaho team that was – was good right and you know i had to think probably before you know the last time they were they were in the big sky 95 94 ish um where yeah i i think that I, i've told a couple friends and stuff um that the idaho is kind of like the sleeping giant right so they, they they were really good in the big sky when they when they were here the first time they left joined the whack the sun you know all those uh conferences kind of didn't do as well but i think with this new coach the what the way he's doing it with uh social media uh he's an amazing that way um he's really got the backing of players the backing of of idaho 
Uh, I mm-hmm. really can see, you know, the starts of something great. Um, I'm kind of nervous just because I think this is probably the first team that we're going to be playing that could give us a legitimate go. And I know Idaho State was close at the end, but come on, let's be serious. They were really never really close. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think that this could be a closer game than people might expect. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even thinking about it, man, I mean, we were talking about it before, just kind of going back and kind of reviewing your guys's kind of, uh, you know, your playoff runs when you guys were in the 90s. I mean, it was, you know, the semifinals, quarterfinals, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, it was consistent. You know, you guys were absolutely dominating your guys's level of play, which is, I mean, I don't know if it was the best move. Why, if something's going good, why change it type of thing, you know? Um, but I mean, we're just glad to have you back simply because this is a second oldest rivalry for our team, you know, against yours. Um, and you got some guy, you, I mean, you got a guy in Jason yes. that, uh, has played uh, or coached at Montana state. So he understands what a rivalry is, you know what I mean? And I mean, it's, it, he's not taking it lightly. He knows that this is their Super Bowl. you know, just like everybody is when they play against Montana, that just is what it is. You know, so, I mean, and, and it's literally something that me and Adam were talking about a couple minutes while you were finishing up your dinner. Um, it was literally, hey, man, I mean, this team looks impressive. When you kind of start reviewing their whole season right now, I mean, they yeah. give Washington State a run for their money. So you saw the game against Indiana. I mean, maybe, what was it, midway through the third, that's when they really kind of started pulling away, right? Yeah, I mean, Idaho had a lead at halftime. Like, yeah. the, the, like Idaho, Idaho has looked very, very, very good Mostly every game. I mean, they played two mm-hmm. power five schools, like you said, Washington State, Indiana, kind of took it to both of them, had leads yeah. in the second quarter. Obviously, just I don't think it really had the depth to to get back there. But the the, the 10 years Paul Petrino, I mean nine years that Paul Petrino was here before Jason Eck, even when they were FBS, they were getting blown out by power five schools, losing oh, by yeah. 50 points to to yeah. Wazoo. I think that game was like 69 to 7 the last mm-hmm. time they'd played. It was like awful, awful awful performance from from idaho honestly realistically since they left the the big sky and that's a whole we could get into a, like a three-hour <laughs> episode about that but uh you know, i don't know how how your viewership skews but idaho still has a 25 game lead advantage in the the little brown stein it just has yeah. been it does you know, that surprised me because i just found that out and i played <laughs> at the university i never even thought you know to actually take that in as a fact but again, for the listeners out there, I mean, it's the only rivalry or only team that actually has leg up on us over the span of, you know, I think this this started in 1903. I think mm-hmm. I don't know what the specific record is, but I know you guys are up and you guys are the only team to be up against us, which yeah. blows my mind. Granted, it's been a little skewed the past 30 years, but but still, but still, I mean, the fact that you guys still have that rivalry and it's been 30 plus years. I mean, it, it just blows my mind. So, again, just kind of going back to what you said in the beginning of the podcast, it's going to be a fun game, man. It's going to yeah. be a really fun game. Yeah, I mean, you look back at, you know, I've, I mean, realistically, since about 1991, mm-hmm. you guys have, have had Idaho's number. I mean, obviously, oh, there's yeah. the two wins that, that Idaho's got, but every game has been yeah. a Montana win, and, and especially in the last, since Idaho dropped down, it has been, painful from this side you guys have probably had a blast with it but on on our side it's it's a little uh little tough and angel i think you played in one of the first games from idaho coming back right i did man and let me tell you this i hate i mean with all due respect man i did not like you guys at all <laughs> and it was one of those rivalries that i mean it was kind of like the similar when when i first got to campus and everybody was just backtracking a little bit everybody was talking about you know the Grizz cat game it was one of those rivalries that I just felt like I needed to dislike this team, but I didn't have an idea why. 
And it yeah. wasn't until I played them, that's when I realized I was like, okay, you know what, well, fuck these guys, you know, excuse the French, you know, but it just is what it is. And it was kind of the same situation with Idaho. I went into a game not wanting to hate you guys, but by the end of it and kind of seeing how, the, you know, there was all this back and forth, the intensity, you can cut the tension with a, with a knife. I was like, you know what, now I understand why this rivalry is so important. They don't like us and there's no reason for us to like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that might have been – what was it that first year? Because it was 2017, I believe. I think that was the the first year. No, 2018 was it, the first 20, one. 20, yeah, 2018. Yeah, that was the first one that I played in, and I was blown away by it. I was just like, dude, you know what? Fuck these guys. We're gonna get after Jesus. You know, like I said, with all due respect, with all due respect, bro. No, I I, yeah. I welcome it. I, uh, and again, it, you're fine. With, I'm wearing a shirt that says fucking on it so we're, we're good here but uh, no that first man that 2018 game in moscow uh i was so excited i yeah. you know obviously had no idea you were playing on the team at that time but man i, I hated you guys i, I, oh, I yeah. i'm a like i'm a legacy student so yeah like, my my dad went to idaho in the the late 90s oh. or excuse me the late 80s uh uh-huh. so he like he he kind of instilled this for me and i know that it, it went dormant for 20 years but the second Idaho went back to the FCS, it's like, all right, Montana, this is the one I'm circling. Got to punch these guys in the mouth, take that trophy back. Like the, there is a, obviously begrudging respect for just how your program has been over the last 25 years mm-hmm. compared to Idaho's three winning records in 25 years. But mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have to say, I respect you guys a little bit. I hate you. <laughs> and outside the That's outside fair. the outside That's the fair. confines of this podcast, yeah, you know, I'd probably walk up, shake your hand, and tell you to fuck yourself. But... Yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey guys, let, let's get into like you know, uh, we went over their uh, Idaho schedule. You know, they're they're coming in preseason, didn't really get much love. Um, you know, ninth, eighth, kind of was kind of where you saw people putting them. Uh, they started the season off with two, you know, FBS. Uh, losses well to be expected uh, but played very well in those but going off mm-hmm. of those you know played drake whopped them 42 14 played northern arizona uh did really well in in northern arizona which is is always a hard place to play that is an extremely tough place to play i mean just for the elevation yeah. purposes you know somebody had told me one time that you know the most competitive runners in the world they will actually head over to flagstaff in order yeah. to train so i've always struggled there so the fact that they just you know whooped on those boys it was cool to see 27 to 10 then uh mm-hmm. northern colorado 55 35 so you know that one kind of surprised me because that shows me that they can put up some points um mm-hmm. and so uh it, it's crazy to see this team go from you know not respectfully nothing with petrino because he he did nothing but that team you know was a far better than what they played and mm-hmm. i don't know you could see that the buy-in wasn't there um, the buy-in is totally with first-year coach Jason Eck, um, and so it's it's good to see. But you, the talent level was there too. I, I don't think the development of the talent was happening. Um, but Giovanni, I, I, hopefully, I'm saying that McCoy, uh, number one passing efficiency right now in the nation, seventy-two mm-hmm. percent, uh, over a thousand yards passing, ten touchdowns, only has two interceptions. Um, but so they're not having to use him that way though, which I, I think kind of develops him a little bit better where they're running the ball. They have a three headed monster of mm-hmm. running the ball. Uh, they're doing really well of developing him and uh, hammer. What do you, what do you think of, you know, your quarterback, 
what do you see of it as his strengths? Because he has a, he hasn't shown the arm strength like full out, but he can use his legs. He can use his arms. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Is he ready to play at Washington Grizzly Stadium uh, with that fan base? See, and I think I think the answer is yes. Uh, he's been a completely different guy than he was last year when he was he was you know getting garbage duty in a couple games, yeah. uh, specifically I think of the Eastern game coming in and, and throwing just a handful of picks in a game that was already a fifty point loss. Like this is a different kid. He mm-hmm. just just that one extra year and honestly having a coach that I think believes in him and a coach that also knows how to coach to get to kids strengths. Uh, it's part of why Idaho runs the ball so heavily. Obviously. If you sit down with Jason Eck, that's what he wants to do. He wants to run the ball. He, it's, yeah. I mean, he's been the he was the South Dakota State offensive coordinator for a very long time. Like that's what they do. They run the ball, yeah. but he's trying to put the quarterback in a position to be successful. He also understands that Idaho's offensive line is probably the weakest point on the team. So, hmm. one thing he's enabled McCoy to do a lot is just get the ball out quick, move around a little bit in the pocket, shift around, and then unleash, run if you have to. But we're going to run the ball a bunch. We're going to keep you in the pocket and not make you throw it a ton. He he has had to throw more than I think than was expected, which is great because he does have a rocket of an arm. The yeah, kid yeah, can yeah. throw it 60 yards on a rope without even thinking about it. It's, it's honestly unbelievable. I'm shocked that he's even at this level with that, with that arm. Uh, it's, it's crazy to see, but his biggest strength to me is his decision-making. He's really mm-hmm. grown in that from time, from just really from game to game. Even uh, Northern Colorado, and again, I know it's it's Northern Colorado. It's like throwing against air, but almost <laughs> almost a perfect passer rating. Like he only had a handful yeah. of incompletions that game. Uh, and yeah. that, that game wasn't quite as close because Idaho, I think admittedly, put in a pretty poor defensive performance, had some penalties take realistically 14, a 14-point 14 swing. It gave uh, Northern Colorado an extra seven, took seven away from Idaho. So there's some sloppiness from the team overall, but McCoy, mm-hmm. like you said, the the most efficient guy in the country right now. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what it's game to be is unleash a couple big shots every once in a while, but we're just we're gonna protect you and not put you into third and fifteens and third and twelves and even third and sevens. We're gonna we're gonna give you those third and two, third and three, make this uh-huh. a little bit easier on you. Give you, I mean, again, he's still a redshirt freshman. He hasn't played a whole bunch. So uh-huh. that's that's the big focus for Idaho is getting the ground game going so that McCoy, when he's asked to throw, it's not a difficult, you know, huge conversion you gotta make. So what do you think the game plan is? Obviously, when you're, when, when you're playing against one of the best defenses in the FCS with Montana, obviously, um, and they run a little bit of a unique scheme, obviously, with that 3-2-5, and they, you know, they really try to focus the challenge at offensive linemen in order to create those mistakes just out of habit. You know? So what do you think he needs to do or how he needs to lead the team in order to you know, potentially put him in a position to maybe win a ball game? Who knows? You know what I mean? He's got to keep protecting the football the way he is. This okay. uh, the the one issue with this Idaho team is that they do shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, I alluded mm-hmm. to it with Northern Colorado. They had an unsportsmanlike penalty after ending a third of it was like a third and twenty that they forced an incompletion. Unsportsmanlike after the penalty get or uh, sports words are hard. Unsportsmanlike <laughs> after the play ends up giving Northern Colorado a first down. Uh, McCoy launched a. 70-yard bomb in the third quarter that was taken away from hands to the face from an offensive lineman. So there's the explosive plays there for Idaho, Mm -hmm. but the big thing that they're going to ask McCoy to do is just don't turn it over. This is a game, if Mm -hmm. Idaho wants to win this game, they have to be perfect. They cannot turn the ball over. They can't get into the stupid penalties like they unfortunately have a tendency to do. 
and that's a whole again another discussion from nine years of having an absolute terrible head coach. You you have a lot to turn the program around from, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's what they're going to ask McCoy to do. Don't turn it over. Make the smart call. And if it's if if it's third and seven and you've got nothing, just throw it away and live for the next drive. Don't make the back breaking turnover. Well, and that's what mm-hmm. you saw were, with Idaho State. The, the, that was their game plan with their third string quarterback is. Don't beat yourself if you are you don't have anyone open. Just throw it out of bounds. We'll kick it. You know we'll live another day. And you can yeah. see that when we shot ourselves in the foot in the fourth quarter, that helped them. But one thing that I kind of I, I forgot to add uh, when we were going over your schedule, both teams had bye weeks last week. Both teams mm. are coming off buys. Montana's pissed. Like the the players are pissed because of how they. You know, the ending score of the Idaho State game. Yeah. Um, th- they're going to be pissed. They're going to be ready to go. Uh, Idaho, yeah, they're going to be ready to go too because they're going to be they, – they they know what this rivalry means. And their coach, he's a good coach. Um, I, I, I – when you, he, they hired Jason, I was like, oh, man, crap. That, that, that's a really good hire. Um, they're going to they're gonna turn this around. Um, so, you know – how does that affect this this game? I, I don't think I've seen, and, and maybe I haven't just weren't, wasn't paying attention, uh, two teams coming off buys into a rivalry game like this. That's got to play into something. How is that going to play out in this game? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when I kind of think about it, man, I mean, bye weeks are tough. You know, it's one of those things, you know, when it's coming, you know that you get a little bit of break in a certain sentence, you'll practice hard, but you spend a lot of time really trying to recover. So it's really easy to fall off the game plan. You know, I, I kind of look at that Idaho State performance as a little bit of a blessing, uh, simply because it wasn't up to their standards. Obviously, they know that they're pissed for that simple reason that they it should have been a different type of game. So that's all on their mind going into the bye week. You know, where I think they had that leg up against Idaho is that Idaho obviously had a pretty convincing win over Northern Colorado. You know, so because of that, maybe the mindset might be different, but it's also tough because they're coming off a bye week, but then they have to travel all the way out here. And traveling is always a really hard thing to do, especially when you're going into an environment like Washington Grizzly Stadium. I will say, you know, it doesn't seem to have affected them because they played their hearts out against Washington State, which is obviously a big crowd, and Indiana, which is obviously maybe even a bigger crowd too. So because of that, I don't necessarily think that the actual stadium itself is is spooking them, but I do believe that how those weeks ended is going to play into, you know, the performance that they that they kind of give this upcoming Saturday. What do you think, you know, I, I would argue the way that the bye weeks – landed actually helps idaho more than it helps montana really because so and you know this is obviously angel you have much more of a perspective on this but sacramento state and weber state on the road are right around the corner idaho has been kind of a cream puff for montana over the last few years idaho just spent two weeks getting just pure ass chewings the, the Northern Colorado win was win by 20, but they should have won that game by 50. They made Dylan okay. McCaffrey look like a competent big sky quarterback. They made <laughs> they made the McCaffrey family look like they knew what they were doing. And so Idaho, I have a pretty good authority that Idaho's defense got some good ass chewing over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I think Idaho's going to come into this with, with a bunch of motivation because this is realistically, I mean, Idaho's got to go two and two 
uh, here and and be able to to make the playoffs if they can realistically go two and two in the, the next four weeks. If they can beat Portland State, assuming that's the easy win, then you're looking at at Montana at stat, sets at Montana at Sac State versus Eastern. I can't talk tonight. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> For a former journalist, you'd think I'd be better on television and prime podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Bro, so, I do it all the time, man. Oh my you know, gosh, it's so bad. <laughs> Sometimes at, after the show, I have to tell Autumn, I said, hey, make make sure you cut that bit out, you know, just to make sure. And I'll be like, all right, man, good. But uh, sorry about that. Go ahead, man. No, you're you're fine. So so looking at this, it's it's really like you've got to start picking off some wins here against some of the better teams in the big sky. I know Eastern is yeah. their schedule is rough, but honestly, that's the they have murderers row this year. Yeah. Sac mm-hmm. State on the road is gonna be tough at Montana. Obviously, this is a very tough thing, but it's the rivalry game. If you can circle this as, hey, this is a must win for us. Idaho wins this game and all of a sudden playoffs are or not just on the horizon, but playoffs are probable at that point. Yeah. It, beating, some would argue, the top team in the entire country. So Idaho, I, I don't see any issue with motivation for Idaho here because of mm. how poorly the defense played against Northern Colorado and how truly important this game is for them if, if they want to make the playoffs this season. Well, I think mm-hmm. you need you probably guys need three more wins. Six and five, probably six and six and five will get you in. Uh, so I, I could I see would... them being a seven win team, though. I yeah. mean, easily. I mean, just off the basic yeah. schedule, I th- I do think that obviously this weekend, big old fat L, but that's okay. We're still we're still gonna be all right. We're still gonna be all right. I see a win against Portland State. I yep. think Sac State, they're just playing on a different level right now. That's going to mm-hmm. be tough to say. I do think ultimately ends up in a loss. I think they're going to be a challenge for Eastern. I think they might even get the dub. I'm pre- I'm pretty confident about that. I might even put some money on the slot. I mean, I don't even know. We're going to see. And then I think <laughs> it's a wash over UC Davis and Idaho State. So, I mean, it's looking like there might be, you know, very high probability. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a step one right now. You know, just yeah. trying to figure out their way past Montana. Because, again, two competitive teams, two teams that are playing really, really well. Um, and it's a, it's going to be one of those things, you know, that we need to come out ready to fire on all cylinders. And uh, you know what? I could definitely see what you're talking about, Dallas, you know, kind of thinking about the game. I mean, to, to, to score 35 points against you guys and it's Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could totally see how that, you know, so I, I regress on that statement. I can definitely see that. But I still think it's a little bit of a different level when we lose or we won 20 to 28 against Idaho. You know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and let's, you know, let's go into their, their, their three headed monster of running backs, man. Yep. You know, I was watching, I, I, I did, you know, watch the Northern Arizona game. Just some of the, the, the running plays that they run are so dynamic and how they're moving their guys around, how they're, you know, it, it was really cool to see. You know, and I thought, you know, just looking at Northern Arizona, they, they played really well. Their line played really well. They were really getting a lot of um, push up forward. Um, so, you know, Anthony Edwards, you know, 62, 62 attempts, 353 yards, uh, one touchdown. Uh, Roshan Johnson, 66 attempts, 236 yards. And then, you know, Elisha Cummings, 23 attempts, 119 yards. And then, you know, you also have – uh, Giovanni McCoy that has ran 33 times with, I believe, a net yards of about around 50 or 60. Um, and so they do have, they can run the ball and they will run the ball. Uh, and so it, it's going to be interesting how they run because, you know, with Montana, they don't give up a lot of yards, but if you're going to get a, get some push, you're going to be able to get some yardage. 
it's going to be really interesting to see how they do their third downs um, where Montana is going to come at you and blitz you. What are they going to do with that situation? Um, I think that's where I'm looking at is third down conversion. How is Idaho going to do? What is Montana going to do? Because I think that's going to be the game right there. And that's the scary thing for me. Idaho has been very bad at third down conversions yeah. this season, mm-hmm. uh, among the worst in the big sky. Uh, 30, 35%. Yeah. Uh, it, when I last looked, which was before Idaho's uh, bye week, so the, these numbers might be a little bit different, but yeah. Idaho is eighth in the big sky at that point at, mm-hmm. in third down conversion. It's just not not great there, but as you mentioned, Adam, the, the three-headed monster at running back is is – the straw that stirs the drink. If we're going to use the, you know, the, the sayings, uh, Anthony Woods has been a revelation. True freshman uh, looks like the most talented guy on the team. And I, I don't mean that as a slight against Roshan or any of the other guys in that running back room. Yeah. Woods is a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. Did not expect him to be the, essentially the starter as a true freshman because Roshan Johnson is a good running back. The guy has, has produced in, in the big sky. He's not been an all conference talent. Maybe he would have been with uh, if he was on a different team, but Roshan is clearly the number two guy at Idaho right now. And then you have Elisha Cummings as the change of pace guy who had a really good freshman year last year. This year is kind of the receiving back that is kind of just the change of pace guy when Woods is dinged up a little bit or they feel like Roshan's just not getting a whole bunch. But Idaho, Idaho, I think is is preparing for this. I think everything Idaho has done over the last few few weeks of the season has been to prepare for this game. Logan Floyd, the longest tenured Idaho uh, lineman, actually got moved to center uh, for the Northern Colorado game because they wanted to improve the communication along the line because the line is filled with a bunch of really young guys. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Angel, it may be more of a question for you, but what does that do for for an offensive line when the most senior guy is the cap, you know the captain of the line, the center of the line, the guy kind of barking the orders to everybody else? I think that's what Idaho is trying to do here: is get prepared for that Montana environment, get prepared for, this is going to be chaos. There's going to be tens of thousands of people screaming at you the entire game. You got to have the guy who knows what he's doing calling the shots out there. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. Like, and like, uh, I've been really fortunate to be around a lot of strong leaders. And I know there's been more times that I can count that that center has saved my ass. You know, even if it's a second right before the snap, he says, no, no, fucking left or something like that or kill. You know, kill, no, something like just that communication factor. I mean, it disperses evenly throughout the line. You need the center to have good communications to make those right right reads. I remember a couple of years back when we played Portland State and they were playing that hybrid defense. We totally butchered the whole game. You know, our communication was lackluster. We didn't, you know, uh, you know, yell out the coverages in time in the right fashion. And so because of that, it ultimately ended up to us losing the game against a team who we should have absolutely dominated against. You know, so it just goes to show how strong of a leader you need to have at that center position, you know, in order to be able to communicate properly. And so, I mean, hundred percent, I think that is a smart move to do to have one of your most senior guys right there in the middle, smack dab in the middle, you know, cause it, it, it does, it does the whole team good. And it takes a little bit of that pressure off a new quarterback as well. Being able to say, Hey, you know what? I can make the call and then focus on the reason I need to do. It just helps calm down the game. And especially in a place like Washington Grizzly stadium, you're going to want those nerves to be as calm as possible because if you come in too high or too low, it just won't be enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then even thinking about it, man, I mean, just thinking about the game in itself, dude, I mean, uh, 
that's going to be an experience for your guys' quarterback. I mean, Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm just thinking about the nerves, you know. And I think uh, I think it's a little bit on the nerve-wracking end when it comes to our quarterback as well, too. You know, he was a little bit shaky, though, that Idaho State kind of game. And, uh, and I, I don't know if it was just nerves. I don't know if it was just a different environment. Um, so I'm, I'm ready for him to get that swagger back. And if I'm being honest, I think he's going to have his best game yet, God, God willing, you know. When I think about, you know, how, how we're matched, I think for the most part, you know, we're pretty even as far as how we're performing right now in a lot of ways. But I do think that offensive line front is going to take it to the next level just to give a little bit more stability to Lucas to say, hey, you know what? Do your job. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? So it's going to be real interesting to see, at least in my opinion. Well, and I think that, you know, to, to be able to pull an upset, Idaho, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Hammer, because – uh, I might be totally off. I think it's going to come down to McCoy using his legs because he's gonna, he's going to have to. Uh, he's going to have to make that defense kind of think about blitzing a little bit uh, because we are going to blitz. Um, and so a running quarterback that is able to run, you know, Eric Barrier, you know, it, it, keeping our defense honest with a running quarterback usually works in their favor. Um, mm-hmm. And then how they're going to use their beast of a wide receiver in Jermaine Jackson, um, you know, third in the conference, 20 receptions, 444. Uh, wow. Now I can't talk 447 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he, he's, he's, he's a baller. And so one thing I'm looking for with Jermaine is how they use him. Uh, the last couple of games, um, what the opposing team has done is with their, best wide receiver they motion him to go either into the slot to uh get their best wide receiver with our safety or with our safeties uh last game you know our safety was out with Trajan Cotton being um ejected with a targeting call that you know you can that was a bullshit call though I will say that that, 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 was, I, thought, I thought it was a bullshit call Yep. I, I, I think just that, want it on record for everybody knows. <laughs> I understand why they had to call it, but they, they've got to they've got to have some type of like system of one. It's such a fine line. It makes it or, so tough. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Hammer, what do you think about, you know, the quarterback, what he's going to have to do also with Jermaine Jackson and your guys' wide receiver? How do you think they're going to use him? And what are your thoughts just basically on that? So I think you're you're definitely right there. Um, I I see Idaho trying to scheme Jackson away from Justin Ford. Um, yeah. On the opposite side of the field, I assume most of the time, uh, you get him in the slot, get him up against Hauk or Graves or whoever whoever's in the nickel. Get him on one of those guys. Try to get him open. Try to make a couple big plays that way. Um, but Idaho's receiving core is going to be really interesting this game. Uh, Therese Trainer. Uh, was probably Idaho's best receiver last season has hardly played this year. Maybe there's a chance he's back healthy for the bye. I know X said he's not going to be ready to go, but we also don't know if is a guy that's less than forthcoming about injuries. Um, it would not shock oh, you got me. One to of those too? I think, I think so. Maybe just a tiny bit of you know, a little bit of that gamesmanship in him. I, I, I could, we could, we could see Jordan drive, uh, Jordan dr- Man, I am struggling today. Good it's God. All right. it's all right. Jordan it's all right. Dwyer. So many syllables. Jordan Dwyer, an- another true freshman that has been playing for Idaho. He got hurt very early on, but looked like maybe the most explosive receiver on, on the team. I know that 
Jackson has been a revelation after he came back from injury, but there's a bunch of guys here. And Michael Graves is a guy that Michael he Graves. only has nine catches this year, but it seems like every one of them is a 40 yarder. Like yeah. Idaho is probably going to look for those explosive plays to uh, Jackson primarily. But then if, if Graves is the guy that I, that's out there, or if it's Dwyer or it's trainer, probably look, look the explosive plays there. And then Hayden Hatton will line up on the other side of the field, be the possession guy. The guy that's going to get open, get you seven or eight, let you move the chains, hopefully, or at least keep yourself in in close down and distance. That's kind of what I see out of Idaho is trying to scheme the big plays for, again, Jackson most likely, but there are a couple other guys that you could see him. And then the possession throws to, especially Connor Whitney at the tight end position as well. I think you're going to see a good balance of just those five, six, seven yard throws trying to just move the, move the ball and eat the clock because that's Idaho's big thing. If you have the clock the other team doesn't and and that's yeah. that's x entire entire philosophy is just hold on to the ball hold on to the ball drain the clock down and and try to win the game that way yeah definitely and you know it, i think that montana has seen that before so i i expect this not to be a low scoring game i think this is going to be in the mid 20s probably uh maybe even possibly 30s cuz i just think that the teams know each other so well um, mm -hmm. but man, your defense, like you said earlier, is a totally different defense. Your linebacker, I'm gonna mess up his name. Uh Favai Favai. There you go. That's the one. Um, all <laughs> conference. He is a beast, and uh I, I could see him playing on Sundays. Um, but 48 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, one sack. Uh, he's a monster. Um, you know, Tommy McCormick, 25 tackles two interceptions, uh, linebacker, Paul Maiola, 25 tackles, another two interceptions there. And then defensive line, Leo Temba and Giuliano Folinco. I probably got those wrong as well. Folinico, Giuliano Folinico. Oh, there you Fala go. There you go. Huh? See, Hey, that, those are hard, man. Like, that's, Thank you. I, I, I get made fun of for mispronouncing names on, on our show. So thank you. Simpatico, <laughs> man. We're, we're, yeah. Oh. It, Angel gives me crap all the time. Uh, it, hey, man, we're only human, man. It wrong, makes I'll sense. Say it wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, now that we're transitioning over to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, what do you think your front seven, or I guess your defense as a whole, needs to do to slow down our offense? You know, obviously, um, talking, I think, specifically, I think our, our receivers, it's kind of hard to do that with the type of talent that we have because they're so, they're so interchangeable. interchangeable. Uh, when it comes to our running back situation as well, too, you never know who's going to be out there, you know. So really, the consistent factors on our offensive side is going to be the same front guys up there blocking for you, and then obviously the quarterback. I guess what what do you think the game plan needs to be in order to slow us down a little bit? The game plan needs to be stick to the stick to the formula, stick to the play call, stick to the defense. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what happened to Idaho against Northern Colorado. Too much freelancing. Guys thinking mm -hmm. they can make the big play, go, you know, force the turnover, do the do the great punch out and and get the Kibby Dome rocking. And then what that would be would it's instead of 25 yard gain, because instead of just wrapping the guy up and bringing him down, you tried to punch it out, completely whiffed on it. Big play. That's that's gonna be Idaho's key here is the guys like Favai Favai, again, like all conference talent talent. I don't know if he's quite like a Patrick O'Connell level of player, but he's he's certainly up there. Um, he's got to make sure he's he's filling his gaps and just playing in the system. 
if you're freelancing, if you're moving around trying to do do your own thing and not support the team, that's where Idaho gets beat, and that's why Northern Colorado hung 35 on them. That's that's what they've got to do. It's it's simple, and it's not it's not the sexy take, but that's that's what it is. Idaho's defense is very good if they stick to the plan. I mean, they held multiple Power Five teams that throw the ball all over the field under 250 yards a game apiece. They they, they have proven they can crunch down on an offense and force them into to difficult decisions and hard plays and just drives that just aren't going to go anywhere. But it's all about making sure that they stick to the structure. Uh, and then lastly, the, the pass rush has to has got to get home. Uh, Lucas Johnson is is terrifying. And I I know I've just met you guys, but I kind of hate you just both a little bit for Lucas Johnson <laughs> because I'm used to, hey, Montana's quarterbacks, you know, he's going to be mediocre at best. He's going to control <laughs> the ball, throw a back-breaking pick every once in a while. And Lucas Johnson is one of the best quarterbacks you guys have had in recent memory. And it, it's, it stinks as I see Idaho just starting to turn the corner to maybe turn this rivalry into something. And then I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Lucas Johnson score five touchdowns and just put it away himself. Well, and I, I see him kind of having a game this week. You know, he didn't have as of great game against Idaho State. He was benched because he fumbled and it went to the end zone, which kind of had the momentum kind of swing in Idaho State's favor. I I, I think he's going to play uh, really well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we have Junior Bergen back. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we have either Braxton Hill or Liam Brown. Uh, I don't think that we'll probably have those guys back, but maybe Junior, maybe. I don't think they're going to probably play him this game either just because of a hamstring issue. Um, they'll probably wait till Sac State. No disrespect to Idaho. Um, but honestly, like that, that's the one that we have to get. Uh, that's the one that I think that everybody is pissed off from last year because I think we got, we, we, we let, we let that one go. Um, and so uh, I think that that is going to be a huge play. The quarterback play, if we had, you know, some awesome graphics and, you know, people to watch, it's going to be those quarterbacks, how they're going to do with those defenses. It's going to be the third down conversions uh, for Idaho and, and just seeing if this defense can get some pressure and see if they can get McCoy to turn over the ball, which he has not been able wanting to do this, this year. Mm -hmm. No, hundred percent. And I, when I even think about it, you know, just kind of breaking down my takeaways, I think that your guys' offensive line needs to be ready for the type of pressures that we throw at people, you know, specifically, obviously, this Saturday. Um, I think we are extremely efficient, and they do not take the, the foot off the throat, you know, and that's their mentality. That's the whole defense. I had to play against them for, you know, four and a half years straight, and I hated it every single day. You know, afterwards, after the game, we're high-fiving, or after, after practice, we're giving each other hugs, and I love you, bros, and those sort of things. But, oh, my gosh, it was an absolute nightmare. And I just remember thinking to myself, it's like, I, I play against you guys every single day. I don't understand how other teams are able to kind of break this down and come away with wins. So I think that is going to be the key takeaway in order to just give, obviously, your guys' quarterback a chance. You know, he's he has, he has the talent. You know, maybe that experience, he's still building on that. And obviously, that's where Lucas, you know, shines. He's in this, what is it, sixth or seventh year of football at this point? I believe it's six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with with that, I mean, you just have tons of experience, you know, playing at multiple different levels, multiple different schools. Most recently, San Diego State, which is a pretty solid program. Um, I think that's where it's going to really have that difference this upcoming week. Uh, but if your offensive line is able to give McCoy just a little bit of time, maybe get those nerves underway after the first quarter going into that first couple drives. 
I think it could be a shootout very easily. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, I, I've talked to multiple people, and it's kind of funny every time, you know, we play somebody that it's one of those it's one of those things where people are like, you know what, I like that we beat the shit out of teams, but I just want one game where it's you know it's a little bit more challenging. You know, it, it's kind of neck and neck and coming down to the wire. Everybody wants those type of games, and I think this will be one of those games where it could potentially fold out that way simply because I think we always see a different team when they come to Washington Grizzly Stadium. Everybody wants those games? I'm fine with blowout wins. Are you? I mean, I'm fine with that. Hey, a win is a win, man. What's a season? What's a season ain't a bad thing. Yeah, like if we just blow out everybody and win the national championship, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't, I don't quite think you're going to blow out Idaho. I could see this game being a shootout. Absolutely. Um, one thing we haven't really talked about is Idaho is most susceptible to the run. Uh, just about every, just about every team has, has been able to run successfully on Idaho. Um, I don't know what's up with Marcus Knight. I I don't know how long it's going to take for them to get him fully back, but uh, honestly, if it's Osmo, if it's Harris, if it's, if it's Johnson running out of the quarterback position, that is, that is the terrifying thing. If, you know, if I was, talking to Montana fans and saying, what's the one thing Montana is going to do that Idaho might struggle with. It's, it's running the ball. Idaho's run defense. And again, that goes back to Idaho has to stop freelancing. Those guys have to fill the gaps properly. They have to stick to the play, stick to doing their assignment because Idaho is very susceptible to the run. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what Lucas Johnson's going to do. I I am terrified, honestly. Um, it's just it's the thing that Idaho just doesn't do particularly well. When the quarterback's on the move, that's when the play starts to break down for Idaho. Well, and that, that's you know Marcus Knight had a, a great game last uh, against mm-hmm. Idaho State with 111 yards uh, a game. So I, I hope that he kind of builds on that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, with like Angel said earlier, wide receiver uh, core, running back core, you know, it, it's it's a duo of of people that you have to worry about. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm not necessarily worried about that. I am kind of interested in seeing how Montana's linemen kind of keep on developing because, you know, going in, this is, this is, that was the question all year is what, are, how is our linemen going to keep on developing? They've done a great job so far. Um, this is one, you know, one more step that we need to take and, and keep on developing that line, um, with Liam Brown, not you know, the starter being down, uh, let's see the next person that stands up. And, and is that going to be a place where, you know, Idaho kind of takes, tries to take advantage of, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, man, it, you, you just, it's so hard, man. It's hard just with football games in general, you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, when you think that you got your team figured out, you know, some, I mean, you, you saw like a performance like last week. It's awesome to have a dub and I'm not taking that away. Winning is extremely a, ch- a challenging thing to overcome and to do. Um, but it's just not to the expectation that you think that you got a team figured out, you know? And so you really never know in the grand scheme of thing, how something's going to play out. All you can do is hope for the best and be a fan, you know, while watching it. You know, I think, um, you know, just thinking about this past couple of days leading up to, you know, this podcast, I think it's going to come down to, you know, a, a pretty competitive wire. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be a pushover by one side. I do think it's going to be a juggernaut when it comes to our, our quarterback play and there in your guys' quarterback play too. Um, it really just, uh, I just think that we have, you know, 
talent in certain positions that's going to be overwhelming if we keep that pedal to the metal through four quarters. You know, if we come out flat or things go in our way and we lose the momentum shift, we haven't really seen besides, I mean, Idaho State, you know, we've been pretty consistent on those kind of momentum potential changers. Um, I think if, if, if we're consistent with our game, I mean, it could be very scary for you guys. You guys will hang in there, but I do see it kind of going away just enough to secure, you know, a pretty convincing win over a really talented team. Like you said, you know, before, I can't say and speak to, you know, the teams that I have played against or the rivalry in general the past 30 years. You know, I do know that it's extremely hard to play at Washington Grizzly Stadium, but you guys, you guys changed it around at least for this year. And and it, I was literally talking to Adam. I said, hey, this is this could potentially be a scary team for years to come if Jason mm-hmm. just continues yeah. to develop these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It. This is this is such a weird a weird time in the season for this game. Uh, looking yeah. at you know looking at your schedule. The, Idaho is unquestionably the best team that Montana has played this year. Oh, that's uh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, yep. And while Idaho has occasionally punched the Grizzlies in the face before, usually what then happens is a steamrolling, and Montana wins by twenty-five by the end of it. This mm-hmm. is not that Idaho team. This is going to be a uh, honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen. I can sit mm-hmm. here and hope for an Idaho win. <laughs> I know that Idaho is going to have more fight than they have had in the past four years yeah but it it's also if once montana takes that first punch and it's th- okay this team is here this team is not portland state this team is not indiana state or northwestern state or th- this is you know even considerably better than south dakota at this point yep what is going to happen how do they react the, the, the kind of mm-hmm. the first test for montana idaho has already been tested i mean they've had the two power five losses idaho has has been through it montana quite hasn't obviously mm-hmm. the decades of history here seem to show that getting punched in the face is not going to do anything. Montana is going to show up. Montana is going to fight back. And it, this is going to be a slugfest. I think until the, the final whistle, which is not something we've been able to say about the little Brownstein game for a, a, quite a while. So that's what I'm excited for is honestly just a good game at this point. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird coming from, you know, again, haven't had the little Stein for quite, quite some time at this point. That's all I want. I would love a win. Honestly, I just want Idaho to look competitive and look decent. That's that's what I'm hoping for. And then year two, year three, year four of the Eck rebuild. Then yeah, let's let's talk about beating the Grizzlies by forty and just making them little whoa, brother all whoa, over again. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I know Blink One Eighty Two just reformed a group, man. But I'm about to go dismantle them. Jeez. Whoa. We're gonna uh, we're gonna blur that part out of the of the of the forty. All right. Uh-huh. Well, one thing that I think we're not really looking at is special teams. So I was just about know, to say that. Big, wow. Yeah, wow. I was literally just thinking that. So special teams, I think, is going to play a role in this. So, so you know, in, in these rivalry games, some type of special teams always comes up, right? Kick return, punt return. Uh, you know, with you guys, uh, field goal kicker Ricardo Chavez, ten for ten. Um, that's something that you know we kind of lack. Kind of lacking right now. I think our, our guy Nick Ramos is kind of getting uh, his groove and kind of finding it. But that's something where we're lacking. You guys have uh, our punter um, is uh, Patrick Rohrbach is a, a phenomenal talent. Um, yep. Ricardo Chavez for you guys does that where he's averaging about thirty eight yards. Uh, I think that could play a role in it. Shorting, yep. uh, you know, the field possession or the field position is going to play a role in it. 
who has those plays on special teams where, hey, you can point back at the end of the game like, oh, when Junior Bergen ran back that uh, punt return for a touchdown, that was the turning point of the game. Um, could be something like that. Uh, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Go ahead, Dallas. You go first. Cool. Since you think oh. we're, but we, since you think in a couple of years, you're going to start to win by 40. <laughs> yeah, you got hey, it. You know, I can't come on here and be Mr. Milk Toast. I got to, I got to give something to like to rile people know, up man. and make people hate me. Like right. I'm a vandal. You guys are supposed to hate me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it, this is a really weird special teams is a really weird thing because i think both of these teams go in expecting to win the battle in special teams yeah, obviously right. junior bergen one hell of a punt returner idaho's got jermaine jackson returning punts uh, yeah. all definitely going to be in the conversation for all conference receiver could be in the conversation for all conference punt returner at the end of the year too kickoff returns obviously a little different uh idaho has taken out one kick return this year uh, well, they, they, just don't kick, they don't kick to so, us, so that's, that's, that's exactly. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> if if Logan Prescott kicks to Malik Flowers, I might have to go out there and have words with him. I would probably get arrested trying to get on the field. But if you you, you think kick, you think they might try to challenge a Grizz when it comes to special teams, I hope not. I really hope not. Uh, punt return, go for it. Try to try to break one, but. When it comes to the kicking and kick returns, just just leave it. Don't don't mess with it. Idaho has not proven that they can return kicks, and obviously, people have learned to stop kicking to Malik Flowers. Uh, yeah. And then, as as was mentioned, Ricardo Chavez might be the best kicker in in the Big Sky. Looks like he might be a guy that could play on Sundays. He hasn't shown quite the range he needs, but he's yeah. been accurate. He's been cool under pressure. He was an All American in junior college. That's the one the one place Idaho's got it is. I know that you said Ramos is kind of finding his his touch there, but we haven't had a missed kick from Chavez yet. He he has been otherworldly. So if I'm Idaho, if this is going down to a, a field goal kick in the final seconds, yeah, I'm yeah. much happier about Idaho's position in that than I would be Montana's. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's always a tough part about it, man, because as the season progresses, when you took, you know, Ramos and his ability to, you know, get a little more comfortable back there, it started off a little shaky. I do think that he's found a little bit of his own. He's a little bit more comfortable back there, and I think a big credit to, you know, just what Bobby is. You know, he is a special teams coach. That is his bread and butter. That is where he thrives. That's where everybody knows him for. Um, So because of that, I think he's done a really good job of letting him know, hey, you know what, calm down. You're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be in high pressure situations regardless of, of where you're at, whether we're up by 50 or we're down by three. It doesn't matter. And I think because of that, where you guys have obviously, obviously a great talent in your guys' kicker, um, I think down the stretch, if it does count down to the wire, that's where he's really going to be able to shine and see what type of player he is. And I think uh, I think that uh, if if I'm going to preface by saying it with that. If something happens where it is a game like that for us this upcoming uh, this upcoming Saturday, I think that is going to be a huge thing for you guys. And so, do I think it's going to come down to that? I will say this with all respect, no. But you never know. You just never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, any last thoughts, guys? Any last thoughts on uh, this game? What you want to see? What what your uh, last thoughts are? Uh, on this game, Angel. Uh, you know what? I think it's just uh, it's just another opportunity to go one and zero. You know, that's the beautiful part about it. You heard Robbie say that a couple of weeks ago when he got a, you know, got high fived, and he says, you know, what's nice about being one and zero is an opportunity to go two and zero. You know, and so I think that's the mindset coming into this week. I do think that uh, 
it was a little bit of a, a, a disappointing performance last week for the players, not for the fans, for the players. And so because of that, I think that they're really going to go out and, uh, you know, chase some guys, you know, put, put, put that foot to the neck and see what we could potentially do. Um, granted, like Dallas had said, I do think that we are the toughest opponent to date. Um, and I think that you guys are playing some really good football. So it's just about being consistent throughout four quarters. And I think we'll come out with the win. Um, but as always, man, at the end of the day, all you want is a good game. You know, you want you want players to be healthy on both sides. You want a competitive atmosphere. I'd love to see it at Idaho continue to be competitive throughout these upcoming years. And so that's kind of my two cents thinking about, you know, what this what, what this means for both teams this, this Saturday. Yeah. So I'll, I'll jump in with my thoughts yeah. and then uh, obviously Adam fill in with anything else. But um, for Idaho specifically, like this is this is the inflection point of the season. They've had they've had, you know, they've passed every test so far. They, yes, they lost the the Power Five schools, but they're Power Five schools. You you're getting yep. paid to lose those games, and then it was a one score game against Wazoo, and then it was two scores at Indiana. That it got kind of rougher towards the end, but you had to lead at halftime in that game, yeah. and then have have risen to the challenge for every other team. Yes, Northern Colorado, Northern Colorado was a bit of a struggle defensively, did not look good, but throughout these five games, Idaho being three and two, much better than I think could have been hoped for uh, yep. in the first year of a rebuild. But Idaho hasn't put together a full game. None of these games, even the 42 to 14 against Drake, Idaho was trailing Drake at parts of that game because Idaho just shoots themselves in the foot. So Idaho hasn't had a chance to play a, com a complete clean game. They just haven't done it. This is the chance to prove to everyone, hey, there's nothing to lose. You're going on the road to one of the best programs, honestly, one of the best programs historically in the FCS, but especially in the last few years. What do you have to lose? You lose this game, even if you get blown out in this game. You've gotten blown out in this game a bunch of times before. It doesn't change <laughs> yeah. a whole lot for you. But if you go yeah. in here, obviously, if you get the upset, then that's a that completely changes your season. And now you are talking about this is a playoff team. But even if you just go in here and you compete and you are at least you hang with Montana, Idaho gets out of there with the famous moral victory of we are in year one of the rebuild, sixth game under Jason Eck. And we're hanging with the top of the top of the top in not only the big sky, but the NCAA. So I think that for Idaho and for the maybe two Idaho fans that end up coming over to listen to this because I was on it. That's what <laughs> that's what we're looking for. And that's what we're going to be talking about on our show in a couple hours is for Idaho. There's really not a lose a losing situation here. Like if you lose the game, everyone's expecting you to lose this game. Yeah. If you get out of here healthy and you you compete and you at least make it competitive for four quarters i don't believe in moral victories too much but this is the perfect moral victory for a team that that needs to find its footing in the big sky conference yeah mm. i i totally agree with you you know this is you know i feel better about this game now only winning against idaho state 28 to 20. like angel you said if we blew them out, I would have kind of worried about this game going into the stack state game. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm coming off of a bye. I, I feel kind of more comfortable with this. I do think that Idaho is that sleeping giant that it looks like they're turning the corner. Uh, I really do think that they, they've got some, some guys that can ball uh, and it, it's going to be a really good game. I'm, I can't wait to watch. Uh, I, it's going to be a ruckus clap. Uh, crowd because we haven't played a team yet, right? Uh, it's it's a sold out game. Can't get tickets. Uh, Twenty six thousand fans. 
I, I think that this is going to come down to, you know, like we said, they're down conversions, like we said, uh, and, and then the pressure, how can this young team with a red shirt, freshman quarterback, a freshman running back and handle the pressure of 26,000 fans. How, how, how's their defense going to play? Are they going to like, like hammer you said, are they going to stick, stick to the script? Um, and then, you know, Montana, are we going to be playing like we should, are we going to, you know, punish this team and go into the Sac state game feeling good in. And so it's, I, I think that Montana's going to pull this um, out. I think it's going to be a lot closer than probably people think. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a field goal. I don't think it's going to come to that. But uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a game to watch. Uh, and I think that this game is going to be turning more into a rivalry game for years to come, as long as Jason X stays there. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get get into our predictions, because Angel is just kicking my butt, man. Uh, I've got, I've got to come up with a win this week. It is literally like tearing apart a little bit each week that I am, I'm doing so awful, but we have some fan questions. Um, hammer, you can be sure to, you know, comment if you want to comment, but, uh, our West coast fan is Robbie Haup an asset or a liability. Uh, I, I kind of, told angel um that question and he's like what uh so the preface of that would be the uh he put down below young idaho qb mccord reminds me a little of lule and mcgee uh who both came into wa grizz as freshmen and did pretty well do you think he is ready for that moment um i don't think robbie hauk is is a is, is a liability. I do think that he, he, he is who he is, right? Angel. And I, I mentioned this to you a little while ago. Uh, he's a safety who's downhill. Who's going to come and he's going to look for, for you. He's going to hit you. He, he, he's a, a, a missile that you want to have in that safety spot. Uh, he does his job. He, he plays bigger than, than his stature. Uh, so I don't think he's a liability. He's the leading tackler of Montana. Uh, are there some things that he does well? Yes. Are there some things that he needs to work on? Yeah, everyone does. Um, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna try to find our weak spots in our defense. And sure, like every other team, they're gonna try to put their best wide receiver on our safeties, and that's what's what they're gonna do. Um, so Angel thoughts, Hammer thoughts. No, 100%, man. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy thing to say, man. I think he's 100% an asset. He's, he's everywhere, and that's what yeah. you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you think of a player like that, I mean, somebody that has your back, somebody that doesn't care how big, how small, you know, how round you are. It does not matter to that type of guy. He'll, he'll, throw, yeah. he'll, he'll swing at one of those offensive linemen, even yeah. though they're three, four times bigger than him. That's just his type of mentality. You know, he has a killer instinct. And that's exactly what you want on a team. I've been fortunate to play with him. I've been fortunate to see him play as a fan. 100%. I'd want that guy on my team any single day. Um, do I see him as a liability? No, 100%. Especially heading to this game. I think he's going to, you know, hope uh, thrive just like he has been all season. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming at this from the impartial third-party Vandal perspective, we do have our issues with Coach's Kids. So there's a little bit of PTSD <laughs> when I hear Coach's Kid. But 
there's about a dozen other teams in the Big Sky Conference that would love to have Robbie Houck at their oh, yeah. safety position. I, I would love to have him in Idaho. Yes, he might be a little bit weaker in pass coverage and might give up a, a, a few too many completions from time to time or a big completion from time to time. But like you guys said, the, the dude is a downhill hitter. And if you want a safety to scare people about don't go over the middle, don't run at this guy. Robbie Houck is the, the textbook definition of that. And I could not imagine ever have living in a world where I would be complaining about, is he a liability? I mean, the, I guess that's you know, the, the riches of Montana. Those are the conversations you can have rather than Idaho conversating about how many of these kids shouldn't be on the team next year or how many of these coaches <laughs> shouldn't be here next year. A little bit different from our perspective, but I, I think Robbie Houck is one heck of a dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Last last question that we have, guys. Uh, beware of the D. Uh, Asked this question. McCoy is showing that he can be a very good player. He hasn't really turned the ball over this season with only two picks. Uh, the first games against Wazoo. Uh, what do we need to do to contain him? Do you think we will force a turnover on, uh, on him this game? Uh, I, I I think we can't let him get out. Um, I think we've got to contain him that way with our defensive ends and and make him feel that pressure. Um, if he gets comfortable back there, I think this, that it could be a really long game. And uh, I think we need to, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. I think we really need to early uh, put our foot on, on Idaho's neck to make sure that it doesn't get close, right? Uh, make sure that they don't feel like they can compete to, to make sure that this game is not a close game. Um, I do think, I think that he's going to throw one pick. Um, I, I I don't know if, the, if that's going to be more than that, but I do think he's going to throw one pick. I, I I just can't I can't see him doing what other quarterbacks like. Uh, he's not going to throw away the ball. I I think that the the moment might be in some instances, and it would be hard not to to make the extra pass to go the extra whatever to to get more yardage. I think he might make one of those mistakes this game. Um, I hope he does. Um, but, Angel, what do you think? You know what? I think it goes boiled down to what I said earlier. You know, it's all about that offensive line play. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think we do a really good job of just creating some confusion, some chaos, some havoc. And so uh, because of that, I do think that even though he is one of those quarterbacks that you can't let him get to the outside of you just because he'll have the time, he'll have the space. He'll take the yards if it's in front of him. You know, I do think that when it comes to any team that we play, one thing that I think is very different from a lot of other teams is just our relentless pursuit. You know, one guy misses, you got three guys that are, you know, you know, a couple right feet now. away from them that are just chasing you, chasing you, giving you that pressure. So I think because of that, I think the pursuit needs to be off the walls this week in order to, you know, just make that guy feel a little bit uncomfortable making those decisions. So from the Idaho perspective here, uh, you have to get pressure on McCoy. And it has to be, yeah. it has to come from multiple angles at the same time. If you pressure him from one one side, he he does have the legs, he will get away from it. If you pressure him up the middle, he's fantastic about moving just enough in the pocket to find the open guy. But it's the better defenses, like again, Washington State, probably the best defense Idaho's played. They're McCoy's only interceptions of the year. War against Washington State, and yes, they were his first game starting for Eck. He, he played a couple games with Petrino, but his first game starting on the road in a rough environment, much like this is going to be, they got pressure on both ends 
forcing him to okay up the middle against two 350 pound tackles no it's not going to happen yep. pressure from one side and and the center okay you can try to leak out to the the other side but you're you're not going to get a whole lot done if you're running for your life to one side of the field that's mm -hmm. that's the key here to getting to mccoy you have to put pressure on him he will not make the wrong decision if he's not pressured but when he's been pressured again if you look back at the washington state game he went 21 to 32 it, he had decent numbers he did have two interceptions but he had six sacks that was the, that was the thing mm -hmm. the sacks started to add up and that was when he started to miss a couple throws or make a bad decision. One of those picks was realistically, a, it was a Hail Mary toss into the end zone. So it wasn't the worst thing, but that's that's how to get McCoy off of his game. Well, it's just like any other quarterback, really. But you, you've you got to get pressure from multiple sides to make sure that he can't make you, make you hurt with his legs to one side or getting that extra step in the pocket and finding the guy open down the field for 15 yards. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know, this that is time. this is the time where um I make an unbelievable comeback. Angel, no you way. are there is a way. There there is life. All okay. right, let's hear it then. <laughs> I, is it my turn or is it your turn? If I'm um, losing it's, it's your turn. Your is turn. it my turn? I, I won, yeah, I won last time. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think it's 31-16, Grizz. Okay. Dallas, let me hear yours. I want to hear your prediction. 28-24 Grizz. Oh, there you ah, go. Ah, what? <laughs> oh, God. I got to post that everywhere, man. If, <laughs> if this was in Moscow, this is the year the Little Brown Stein comes home. Really? Circle your calendars for 2023. Oh, Little Brown, the Little Brown Stein comes home in 2023. It's not this year, but next year. This this podcast next year is going to feel a little bit different. <laughs> all right, we'll, all right. One of these days we'll hop on yours, man. If that yeah. if that day ever comes, you know, within like you know maybe 20, 25 years, you guys get a lucky one on us. Then we'll hop on your podcast and say, you know what, you were right. You were right. So <laughs> I think when I think about it, I want to go. I want to go. Thirty four, then I'm going to go. Twenty four. Thirty four. Twenty four. Okay. Yeah, I gotta I, I gotta get some wins here because if I don't, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be some buying this some six packs, man. So there you go, man. There oh, you go. Oh man. Well, well Dallas, man, like yeah. we had said before, man, we just really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, exactly. top it up. I know it might be a little bit uncomfortable for you uncomfortable for you because you're the you're on the wrong side of things, but it's all love, man. And you know, we hope and if you ever come down a game, let me know. We'll get a couple beers. I'll show you around. I'll show you why you need to be a Grizz fan, and we'll kind of take from there. Ooh, that sounds like uh, you had me up until the, the last couple words. That, <laughs> if you guys ever want to come to to Moscow and and find out what it's like to support a a good program and a and a program that makes you feel special, you guys just let me know. Anytime you're in in Idaho, just let me know. Ah, uh, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you, brother. Appreciate yeah, you, Hammer, you so for coming much. on, man, and spending some time with us, man. Absolutely. Angel, Adam, thank you guys so much. Had a blast. Uh, go Grizz when it's not football season. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. All right, Have a good one, okay? Awesome. Have a good night, guys.